0: Hey, welcome to MedHub, guys. Thank you for joining us once again. We hope you will enjoy sitting through a podcast all about COPD, COPD, <laughs> or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. I don't think I have any other names for it, but.
1: The smoker's lung.
0: The smoker's lung. Worse asthma. <laughs> asthma that's how I permanent it. asthma it is basically <laughs> just permanent asthma <laughs> that is a and it, it can also unironically actually just be permanent chronic asthma that's mm-hmm. true um but we'll get into that a little bit more later first we're going to introduce ourselves so you guys know the dulcet tones you are listening to um my name's michael um a little bit about me i don't have copd because i haven't smoked a lot
2: not the only reason you can get copd but yeah um i'm lachlan um not a smoker smoke maybe one or two cigarettes in my entire life he's also
0: single not that like smoking's attractive but <laughs>
2: yeah well i i wouldn't i wouldn't have smoked for attractiveness i think it's just like i just wanted to try it just don't smoke guys yeah, yeah. don't smoke and definitely don't smoke because you think it makes you look hot because it really doesn't because all, all i'll be seeing is someone who will eventually have cbc just
0: vape instead it also if you that's smoke that's not medical advice don't vape <laughs> i'm joking that's a joke all
1: right okay, um good i am caitlin i have never smoked a cigarette um, oh wow look at you i know i'm better than all of you i think that's conclusive in fact i have um asthma but I no longer do. I have bees in it because I did a spirometry recently and my FEV1 over FVC ratio was above average. So it's better. And I definitely won't be getting that permanent form of asthma where you kind of get COPD from it.
0: All right. So we'll get more into um, Caitlin's interpretation <laughs> of her, her healed spirometry a bit later.
1: This is medical facts. Um,
0: but we're going to start with a case for you guys and actually go through some real medical facts um, for you today. So... Brian is a 62-year-old man. You might remember him from some smoking ads. He appears slightly slimmer than he ought to be around the arms, but has a barrel-chested appearance. He comes to see you, the GP, because he feels really breathless and has had a bit of a cough for a few months now. So we'll come back to that case in a bit. Just want to set the scene for you guys while we start talking about COPD. So what is COPD?
2: Yeah, so um, my understanding of COPD, it's basically in the name. It's a chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, but essentially um, sort of a worsening, usually progressive uh, condition of the lungs. Um, and it will generally cause narrowing of sort of your small airways, your bronchial tubes, um, or it also could cause collapse of your alveoli as well.
0: Wow, there you go. Nearly perfect. Bang on with the uh, Lung Foundation's definition of COPD there. Yeah. Um,
2: almost like it's almost like i had it in front of me (laughs) it's
0: almost (laughs) like you had it in front of you eh? um so you know how common how common is copd
1: um it's the third biggest killer worldwide
2: really (laughs)
0: yeah wait actually (laughs) yeah it actually is dude a lot of people die from copd in hospital i had a placement on a rest board and like Like, one half of the ward was basically just, like, where they sent people
2: to die from COPD.
0: Wow. Well, I mean,
2: I don't know, like, uh, car crashes, heart attacks. Heart attacks is the most common. Yeah.
0: It goes heart attack, stroke, and then this. Wow. It's also a really, like, it's a really bad way to go, because, you know, Mm. like... Yeah, I don't know. If you've ever, like, tried to hold your breath underwater for too long, it kind of sucks, and that's kind of what it feels Although like. Although I've heard that, like, <laughs> If you've ever drowned, you know, yeah, that if kind if you've ever of sucks. Death, if you've
2: ever drowned to death, you'd know what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> if you've drowned, you know what it feels like. Well, <laughs> I've heard that, it like, you, you struggle for the first two breaths, and then you start swallowing water, and it's fine. This is for drowning, though. Drowning, yeah. not COPD. Not COPD, because you can't swallow water. But I've I'd hope imagine to COPD never have is Yeah, I feel like we're, <laughs> we're deviating
1: back to the prevalence. Um, So, we've got a 6% prevalence
0: in Australia. Yeah. The most common cause of COPD is smoking. Um, So, obviously, you know, in countries with more smokers, you're going to get more COPD. And we do still have a fair few smokers in our great nation. I mean, there's a
2: song that everyone loves literally about smoking. What song? (laughs) On on, on one (laughs) smoker. On on (laughs) smoke. Yeah. Do you reckon they'll get COPD? Oh, definitely.
0: Probably. (laughs) Okay, well... Talking about how people get COPD, um, how do people get COPD?
1: I mean, I think we already said it. Smoking is the biggest cause, but generally it's like can be any kind of noxious stimulant. So maybe in your job, you're inhaling some irritants. Maybe you're next to a fireplace all the time.
0: Also pollution. Pollution. China, in China, people will just get um, COPD because the pollution is so bad.
2: You know, I actually might get COPD when I cycle next to the the, the, freeway. <laughs> to the freeway. And <laughs> there is like, there are, like, you, there are visible fumes You're coming just, like, off the chugging freeway. chugging on exhaust fumes <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I actually am. It's,
0: Does uh, it make you go faster or nah? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, it, it decreases that elastic recoil in my lungs. You know, I can <laughs> air entries a bit easier, isn't it?
1: So As we will learn, it definitely does not make breathing easier.
0: If we, if we actually just jump on what Tangy said, though, air entry theoretically will be easier with damage to the elastic recoil of the lungs. So theoretically, these people should be able to get air in fine. So does someone want to tell me a bit about early dynamic small airway closure and how this actually relates to them blowing out? Okay, so no one wants to take that question. That's all good. Um, basically, right, what, what happens is you lose the elastic recall of the lung. We'll talk about that a bit more in a bit. And the airways actually get a bit narrower. Now, that narrow airway means that there's more friction with the air on the airway wall, which means that the actual pressure you can generate when blowing out reduces. The same thing happens when you have less elastin in the wall, You get less recoil of the lung. It's like a balloon that's too thin. It stops being able to blow out as well. As a result of that, your small airways, right, they don't have cartilage in them to keep themselves open. When you lose that pressure, you get an early closure of them. And that actually means you get more gas trapping in those distal airways in your lungs, which in turn means you actually get more retention of CO2 there, which leads to less efficient gas exchange. So um, when we think about COPD, what are the two main subtypes that we can get?
2: Yeah, you got your your blue bloaters and your pink puffers, if you want to go by what, yeah. Italian O'Connor, but uh, your blue blue bloaters are your chronic bronchitis um, while your pink puffers are your emphysema. So it's sort of generally how they'd look. I, I think it's more like end-stage disease, right? But like yeah. um, chronic bronchitis is more about sort of like chronic inflammation right so you you have um a lot of sort of mucus and fibrotic crap in your airways sort of obstructing it and, and it does lead to that sort of uh early dynamics small airway closure you were talking about um meanwhile yeah,
0: exactly yeah. you also get more proliferation of those like goblet cells which is what helps to produce that mucus and stuff um if we're thinking clinically what would we define chronic bronchitis to be
2: it's chronic cough uh over three months in two years so you have to have a chronic cough for three months over two years so
0: why then does caitlin not have chronic bronchitis <laughs> do you want to explain to us caitlin because um, you definitely have a chronic cough for most of the year but
1: <laughs> <laughs> um mine does not expand over three months i would say <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's debatable <laughs>
1: Um, And then being, I guess, more asthmatic, although this would be more in my youth. I think you're exaggerating my coughs (laughs) Um, because I've conquered it, if you don't remember. But more in my youth, I guess, like I had a specific allergen and it would trigger a bit of a cough, but it was very for a short period of time. It was just an incident of asthma on one day after one event, maybe inhaled some pollens and then I like had an asthma attack I had a short period of cough but it didn't ever last like chronically I wasn't experiencing for weeks on weeks on end a chronic cough producing mucus and that total time didn't add up to three months over Mm. that two years
0: it also was just another cause as well so if you if you want to like label someone with chronic bronchitis you need to exclude all the other causes and asthma is another cause of a chronic cough so that would be it as well um yeah so Tangy, you talked about pink puffers. Do you want to tell us what's going on in their lungs?
2: Yeah, so you got um, smoke. Yeah, that's your your classic emphysema uh, presentation, and they're pink. Um, I don't know they're just cachectic and just real red in the face, um, and all around their body.
0: Do you know why they're red in the face?
2: Uh, it's to do with vasodilation of some description.
0: Close, yeah. It's actually it's polycythemia. So, yeah. we'll talk about it a bit more later, but because these people are like chronically anoxic, their body is going to try and like adjust to that. They're going to make more erythropoietin from the kidneys, get more red blood cells circulating. That's what makes them look really red.
2: Funny thing is that you actually can get anemia
0: really? downstream
2: from that. I'd, 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 oh, I'd I did read a bit on polycythemia. I forgot about that in the moment, but you actually can get anemia yeah. from emphysema, but I, I think the. Pathophys is sort of strange and don't really know why, but it's like they just think it's anemia from chronic disease. It's literally like a thing called anemia of chronic disease where you sort of get it because you're sick. Sauce. Yeah.
0: Very sauce. Back to that emphysema pathophys though. The main deal is pretty much just that smoking stops the inhibitors of proteases in those distal lung tissue. So what that means is you actually get too much elastase and that degrades the elastin in that distal lung parenchyma, um, which actually leads to destruction of it, which also means that you actually get less um, lung tissue to allow for the diffusion of oxygen, as well as that early dynamic airway closure we talked about. So there's two main types of emphysema. Does anyone want to have a crack at what they could be?
1: Uh, there's proximal acinar and pan asthma.
0: So what are the causes of those? Uh,
1: proximal more tends to be smoking and pan more tends to be alpha trypsin one deficiency
0: yeah exactly so um just on that alpha one antitrypsin actually never mind not just on that we'll talk about that a bit more later (laughs) um another note is that you can also actually get copd from asthma um but we'll talk about that maybe in an asthma podcast later on okay so we'll continue with the case. Um, so you continue your history from Brian and find that he coughs up some clear gunk sometimes, but lately he's felt a lot worse and has coughed up some green stuff. He's found that he can't walk for as long without being breathless, and he's even got some signs of swelling in his ankles. He's smoked a pack a day every day since he was 20, and he has an unventilated wood fireplace at home. He also has hypertension and high lipids, dyslipidemia, which he's treated with perindopril and atorvastatin, He also has no family history of emphysema. So if we're thinking about some of the stuff we've got from our history, do we wanna go through them and say why it's important that we've asked those questions?
1: Sure, so we have, I think the very prominent one there is smoking, as we discussed with the mechanism, big cause of COPD, um, stopping that inhibition of elastase, allowing the degradation of the lung parenchyma
0: Exactly. And so what, how would we quantify his smoking?
1: Um, you normally do pack year history.
0: Yeah. So just to give you guys a reminder, Brian is <coughs> 62 years old. You okay there, Tangy? Not Sorry. on the smoke? so. Yeah, I'm getting
2: some <laughs> allergies myself. Maybe I'm having an exacerbation of my <laughs> <laughs> COPD. But, um, <laughs>
0: but yeah, Brian is a 62-year-old man and he started smoking when he's 20 and he smoked one pack every year. So how many pack years would that be?
1: Gotta be honest, I fully wasn't listening.
2: Forty-two,
0: yeah, forty-two pack years. <laughs> uh, a Max pack game. year, <laughs> <laughs> a pack year is just smoking a pack a day for a whole year. That's it. It's
2: all so a pack years. Sort year of is. side note. I, I do love when people are like, so they smoke. They've smoked twenty-seven cigarettes for the last seven point three years. How many pack years do they have? What? Just like, no
1: oh, one right. would say that I, to I a doctor. Seen, like how many like cigarettes are in a pack again? Twenty.
0: 20?
2: Twenty. or twenty-five? I think how it's do twenty-five. You know 25 that so it quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we talked about it. 20, it's I class. think it's like 25 <laughs> in Canada. Uh, Canada.
2: We talk, yeah, well, we talked about it in in oh um, class last year, I think. It's like, because I know that, or well, at least I assume, <laughs> that there are packs that don't actually have 20 cigarettes in them. Getting but it's ripped just off like by the by the cigarette yeah, company. It's a standardized thing. They're
0: giving you cancer, COPD, and one less cigarette in a packet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. It's really yeah. nuts.
1: Anyway, going back to the case, I think the other thing might be that open wood fireplace, not ventilated. That's another potential irritant.
0: Definitely, yeah. Um, another thing, we there's something we didn't ask him that we probably should have asked him.
1: Um hoping I got what you're getting at but I guess we've got a lot of signs of potentially angina or some health heart issue um he's got that hypertension you said the high lipids and then he's getting breathless after walking which is potentially like your heart isn't able to keep up with the demand of that exercise so you might be getting breathless because of your heart perhaps
0: definitely and that's um you know you wouldn't really think it but actually like distinguishing between heart failure COPD and pneumonia can actually be quite tricky in the hospital setting I think you know from textbooks um, it seems really easy but a lot of the time when you go into hospital you hear some crackles on someone's lungs they seem a bit short of breath you see some signs of heart failure you're not sure whether it is actually heart failure or some other stuff going on or two things happening at once which is very likely Um, there's one more thing I thought from history that's actually super important to take from someone with the smells like COPD kind of presentation
1: no family history of emphysema,
0: yep, so that would point us away from that alpha one antitrypsin deficiency
1: um and then what he does for work,
0: yep, so why is that important?
1: um well, obviously, I think we already talked about this a bit. It's what right, actually, what yeah. are you inhaling? what are your irritants in every day? obviously, if you started a new job in the in the mines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You might be inhaling some irritants.
0: <laughs> yeah, so coal especially is pretty bad for COPD, getting a new meconiosis there. Um, so we talked a lot about his pack years. Now, recent research actually suggests it takes up to 10 to 15 pack years before you start developing some of these emphysematous changes that you see in COPD. Um, I wouldn't really want to start smoking and see how long it took for me to get COPD. So though like you That could, being said... You could,
2: you could like i'm gonna get go to your doctor and be like no nah, it's only been nine it's only been nine, it's nine, been back nine back <laughs>
1: um but i think it's important to realize smoking pretty has pretty immediate effects in terms of inflammation works into the whole copd pathway as well the fact that if you're smoking you've got an increased inflammatory state hmm. um and you're far poorer at like healing as well
0: and that's also just like everywhere in your whole body like if you get a fracture and you smoke it'll take so much longer to heal you're also just at higher risk of like nearly every single kind of cancer because you've got a hyperinflammatory state you get like the endothelium to your blood vessels just gets absolutely shot by smoking um risks for heart disease stroke stuff like that um thinking about the lungs what's the other big one that can happen in the lungs with smoking
2: like cancer yeah yeah so
0: how does that how does that happen what's the pathway
2: you just have um metaplasia of your of your cells generally just from having so much damage yeah and then they'll uh, eventually start to change sort of conformation to be more protective but at the same time that increases the likelihood of um of neoplasia because yeah. they're they're growing in a, in a strange fashion
1: and that more protective cell change is the squamous metaplasia so yeah. more
0: perfect okay. and that's how you get squamous cell carcinoma um forgive me have we talked about the pathophys of alpha-1 antitrypsin yet or not
1: nope you said we would come back
0: to it oh okay great well we're coming back to it now get excited um does someone want to explain that
1: um so basically i guess like antitrypsin or alpha-1 antitrypsin um it's an antiprotease so it inhibits elastase um and so if you have a deficiency in it you've stopped inhibiting the elastase. So, again, elastase runs rampant. We destroy our elastin and our lungs are less able to expand and contract.
0: Kind yeah, of that's pretty much it. Um, just for, like, history-taking points as well, if you're interested, it doesn't actually have, like, a clear-cut mode of inheritance. Like, it's not autosomal dominant or something like that. It's a polygenic kind of... Oh, my God. Sorry about that. I just burped. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a polygenic kind of thing. Um, but, yeah. So... Now that we've taken our history from Brian, what are we going to want to do for Brian?
2: Um. Well, if you're going to follow your clinical steps, you're going you're to have to ta- take a look and do a bit of clinical exam. I think that's probably a good idea. So, do you
0: want to do you want to whip us through the clinical exam, and I'll pretend to be Brian and I'll uh, I'll shout out what we've
2: found? Yeah. Well, I would I would systematically go through it because you know. That, the physician in me Even True. though I'm a second year med student and If anyone wants his there number is no, <laughs> like, There is no physician
0: in me <laughs> Nothing is sexier than yeah. hearing those words <laughs> the There is me. no physician in me yet
2: <laughs> There is zero physician in me I've done a resp exam
1: like twice There is no physician in you yet <laughs> Space available Um, Awaiting occupancy
2: But right. <clears throat> I mean even then like so y- you know, you just have a have a quick look at him, well, uh, just that general inspection. Make the old sure end of the bedogram. gram, yeah, end, end of the better gram. Um, have a look at him, see if he's using. He's in any respiratory distress. Um, sort of a note that he had green sputum, so maybe he's got got, got an infection. Um, maybe he's got an exacerbation of COPD. He's coming in real breathless. Maybe he's. Uh, you know, currently going through a respiratory failure. We don't know, so mm-hmm. have a look at him. Is he cyanotic? Um, but then you can also have a look, at, sort of closer at his chest, uh, see if you can find those that classic barrel chested appearance of that pink puffer, as well as that purse lip breathing as well.
0: On his chest. Well, okay, sorry, <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm just, just I'm just being a pain. Yeah. Um But yeah, exactly. Um Does anyone want to explain like why they purse lip breathe?
1: um so i think we talked about the whole early early airway dynamic closure um and so basically it closes because you haven't got that resistance that increased pressure but when you actually purse your lips it kind of increases the pressure down deep in your lungs so it kind of delays that early airway closure a little bit more increases the pressure in there
0: yeah Yeah. another thing they actually get like the physios will get copd patients to do is like they'll have a straw inside a cup of water and that increases the pressure resistance as well to try and remove some of that gas trapping we talked about. So they'll get them to like blow bubbles in that straw until they get, you know, a bunch of that air out.
1: Initially, I thought you'd just like, just drink water. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, <laughs> sip this water with the straw. <laughs> Your COPD shall be cured.
0: Do you want to keep going on the exam?
2: Oh, yeah, I can I can keep going. Um, if you want to, yeah, so after general inspection, usually you go for the hands, um, you know, if you're worried about sort of smoking or you want to check it uh, for smoking, he's also might have some nicotine stains on his, tar stains on his hands. Um, you know, if you are worried more about maybe like an interstitial lung disease, maybe for some differentials, you could look for clubbing or any one of those other things. But Actually, not
0: quite. Oh, wait, Sorry. ILDs. I yeah, was, I yeah was,
1: differentials. I was just saying
2: for differentials. Yeah, but
0: sorry. I thought, I thought Tangy said um, you see clubbing in COPD, which you don't. Which you common don't. Common misconception.
1: Clubbing is in so many things, but not COPD.
0: Please keep going, Lockie. <laughs>
1: Um,
2: Well, after hands, what do we have? We have eyes, face. There isn't too much to see in the face. You might see sort of uh, worse dentition smokers generally have worse dentition um but not too much to see in the face you could maybe look for a signs of an upper uh if you think that he's he's got a um, infection then you move down to the chest again we had a look at it already but if you want to have a closer look at it um yeah also sorry about his neck as well you could look for tracheal tug um as well as investigating those uh Muscles, accessory muscles of of respiration. So specifically, your sternocleidomastoid and your uh, scalenes.
1: Why do we have increased accessory muscles of respiration in COPD?
2: You don't necessarily actually like. You might still, you might not be using them, like especially your scalenes and your SCM because it's pretty big. Um, it's also because you just haven't increased. So like, I know that we talked about
0: the fact that it isn't actually hard to get air in. But because you are hypoxic, it increases your drive to breathe. So that's like coming from your, you know, your medulla, your pons, um, your central respiratory drive is going to increase, which is what triggers those accessory muscles to say, hey, shit, we're not getting enough oxygen,
2: breathe harder. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And, and you and, don't and, have and elastin doing much work for you either. You've got to compensate.
2: It also um get like more obvious the worse your c o p d. is so like you could have someone who has c o p. d and they're not using it or they do in there. It's like a spectrum, I mm. suppose
0: so we've had a look. what are we going to do next?
1: actually um do some like listening and tapping on the lungs, so I think you start off with percussion um and you' often have hyper resonant so
0: why is why is that why is it hyper resonant?
1: Well, because I guess as we talked about before with the whole early airway trapping, um, that kind of like traps air in your lungs. And over time, that can lead to your lungs becoming like quite expanded. Um, and so you have like more air in your lungs than a normal person would. So when you tap on the lungs, it's going to be hyper resonant as a result of that increased kind of air in your lungs.
0: Perfect. Um, if you do your old 99 for, for amethyst, um You'll also see that'll be decreased for the same reason. Um, sound doesn't travel that well through air. There's more air there and then you can't hear it as well. Um, what else are we going to listen to with our stethoscope?
1: The breath sounds. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> sorry. Again, CRPD, you know, those two cigarettes really kick in. <laughs> um, so with breath sounds...
1: Oh, gosh. Okay, I might take this. Take over. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Taggy, run, Sorry. I mean, Lockie, run answer. from the bike.
2: <laughs>
1: oh. um, so I, while Lockie recovers, um, so when you're actually, <laughs> oh
0: my God. He's, he's just walked to the kitchen from our setup and he's just like blowing the shit out of his nose oh with my. his massive hydro flask water bottle. Are you allergic <laughs> to cats or?
2: It might be Who knows yeah. Maybe I am allergic to cats I, I Ali our producer
0: cats. Has some cats in the house And half of us are allergic So <laughs> It's real good For audio quality <laughs>
1: I never knew I was allergic to cats, and apparently I am. Guys, I this know. podcast episode is going to be so long. It's right. I'm, br- I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. Okay, so we're talking about listening to the lungs. So we're listening to the breath sounds, and we are most likely to hear a wheeze. Um, wheeze is that sound on expiration that kind of reflects that you're blowing Ooh. through a more narrow tube. Obviously, that's terrible. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, that that's, doesn't sound like a wheeze at all, guys. But, but
1: that's I'm Michael's sorry. impression of a wheeze. But yeah, a, so uh, so yeah, a wheeze is um, a sound almost like the one that Michael was trying to make on expiration, and it reflects the fact that you have a smaller airway. So that be- could be because of all that inflammation, could be because of the mucus. Um, that makes it like a small tube. Mm. You'll also probably listen. That's a, that was a bit better. Mm um
0: it's like actually like a musical note <laughs> like that's that's genuinely how it's described in talia o'connor it's like a musical yeah. polyphonic wheeze is your classic for copd
1: um and you also might have some coarse crackles have a little audio clip for that we'll see if it works <coughs>
0: that's not a coarse crackle that's a sneeze oh gosh <laughs>
1: All right, so ignoring the sneeze, that was the sound of some coarse crackles.
0: Lovely. And then the only other thing I thought we could do for this guy, he says he has some signs of right heart failure, so you want to check for pitting edema, probably check for his JVP as well. All right. Differential diagnosis time. So we've got actually, I'm just going to tell you guys all of the findings. So basically you examined him and he had all of the classic lung findings of COPD and also some signs of right heart failure. So what are our differentials at the moment?
1: COPD. Yeah, <laughs>
0: number <laughs> one on the list. So, a pretty good one. What are some of the other things
2: we might want to rule out? Um. Maybe a, an allergic asthma. I mean, I'm not asthmatic right now, but I am allergic. Um, maybe he's allergic to a cat in the room. Like I, like
0: I Um Asthma, yeah. A, a lot of the time, I think, in textbooks, it seems like asthma and COPD are really really easy to differentiate but in actual fact like if it's someone who's had asthma their whole life and they rock up to the emergency department um and they also happen to be a smoker differentiating between asthma and copd is really hard um they could also have both asthma itself can also lead to copd and you also get a lot of people who've just like smoked their whole lives who come in with copd and say i have asthma um which isn't actually asthma but it can actually not be as as clear-cut as it seems in the textbooks um the other differentials we kind of want to rule out are thinking about bronchiectasis um, and something called bronchiolitis obliterans, which is really really off in is the that weeds. Poop? Yeah, bronchiolising, organizing obliterans pneumonia,
2: <coughs> organizing pneumonia, bronchiolitis yeah. obliterans, organizing yeah. pneumonia. That's yeah. it.
0: Um, yeah, which is just something else that can present with similar kind of um, expiratory airflow limitation. Um, we also obviously just want to give good consideration to signs of right heart failure. Um, obviously, you know, um, right heart pumps blood to the lungs. Um, if you have too high pressures in the lungs from COPD, um, that can in turn place a lot of strain on your right heart, leading to right heart hypertrophy. Um, And maybe failure. And maybe failure. So what kind of investigations are we going to want to get for this guy?
1: Well, the first one that a lot of GBs can do pretty easily um, Did you say GBs. GBs. <laughs> <GPs. laughs> that,
0: that Great Britain can do really easily <laughs>
1: um, is spirometry. So that's the one where you exhale as hard as you can, as much as you can, fast as you can, um, and it measures your FEV one, so your forced expiratory volume in the first second of that big exhale. Over your force vital capacity. So that's the total amount of air that you have exhaled. And so you get those two numbers and you can do them as a ratio as well of FEV1 over FVC.
0: Perfect. And what's our magic number for COPD?
1: Less than 70% for that ratio.
0: Exactly. That is, that is actually like diagnostic of COPD. Um, basically almost on its own. The other important point with those spirometries is that when you give them a bronchodilator challenge... Um, it doesn't fix it at all. Yeah, COPD. Yeah,
1: yeah, less than twelve percent. Because um, that's
0: that to distinguish from
1: asthma. Because asthma is a reversible thing, while COPD is chronic, so you can't just fix it with a bronchodilator.
0: Exactly. Um, there is one other like lung function test that they can do in kind of more tertiary settings. That's called a DLCO. So that's your diffusing capacity of carbon monoxide. Basically, they just check how that molecule carbon monoxide is able to diffuse in and out of your lungs and that just gives them a good measure for how much like actual tissue um, actual alveolar tissue you have that's working so that's probably going to be decreased if someone has emphysema because they've destroyed a lot of those alveoli they get less diffusion what's the next big thing we're going to do for someone with COPD well
2: you'd want to get a chest x-ray um,
0: and what are we looking for on a chest x-ray
2: you'd actually look for a lot of things here if they're having also symptoms of heart failure you can check for any sort of Right heart hypertrophy and pleural effusion, but uh, in terms of COPD, you could look for uh, flattened hemi Oh, flattened diaphragms. So um, if you have overinflation of your chest, you'll get flattening of those diaphragm, um, just because you have so much air in there. Um, Also, you have bullae. So bullae are those um, big sort of bubbles of again air. um, Usually because the alveoli have been destroyed and they're just sort of now one big alveoli you can call it except it doesn't really work it's sort of non-functional
0: yeah perfect and um what are the risks of those belay
1: um i think you can actually get pneumothorax so if those belay are on the very edge of your lungs and then it perforates um yeah yep, just pneumothorax. popping a
0: balloon that's it pretty much
1: some other things you might check for would also be like signs of cancer or pneumonia
0: why are we checking for cancer in someone who has copd
1: um, well, it's likely that they've been smoking or exposed to some kind of irritants. Smoking be the big one. that, And, of course, that also, as we just talked about before, can cause cancer.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, while we're at it, we'll also just look for any, like, signs of infection on the chest X-ray. So, any um, radio opacity indicating pneumonias or, yeah, collections like that. Um, you can also do a CT, which is generally more diagnostic for the actual um and also for emphysematous changes so what are we going to do to quantify the severity of this man's copd uh
1: you might do an abg
2: and what does that stand for
1: arterial blood gas
2: yeah i mean i was was gonna i was gonna say asian baby girl (laughs) but
0: (laughs) yeah look there's a lot of three letter acronyms in medicine it's easy to get confused sometimes um it happens it happens to the best of us it's you know we are fallible people. Um, but what are we going to find on that, um, that arterial blood gas?
1: Um, so you might be getting some respiratory acidosis that's like probably con- compensated by the kidneys.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we're also going to check whether that, uh, that bicarb has jumped up to compensate for that respiratory acidosis. Um,
1: How do we get that respiratory Acidosis.
0: Oh, yeah. So that's that's similar to what I said before because you've got all that gas trapping, right? You're not actually able to properly diffuse that carbon dioxide out. So you get early dynamic small airway closure, which means you can't breathe out your carbon dioxide. That means more carbon dioxide diffuses back into the lungs. That then forms into carbonic acid through this whole cycle, which increases your blood acid. Um, de- yeah, sorry. Increases the amount of hydrogen ions in your blood. Um, and that in turn is going to over a number of days, basically kick your kidneys into gear to increase the amount of bicarb they retain to bind that up to compensate for that respiratory acidosis.
1: Yeah. So basically the quick way of remembering that CO2, more acid. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, on that ABG as well, we're also going to be looking at the oxygen. Um, so that's the PAO2. Um, you can also just check for the SATs as well, which is also really, really important for someone with COPD, but we'll talk about that a bit more later. Um, I'll just quickly run through another few things we can do in the interest of time so that you guys can go about your day a bit better. Um, You're going to check the hemoglobin for polycythemia. Um, We also already talked about why that happens. You can get a sputum culture if you think they might be infected. Um, You can also get a CRP and ESR. Um, When I say infected, I don't mean it like, you know, the last of us. I mean it like they might have an (laughs) exacerbation of COPD. Um, Not a a zombie, yeah. Yeah, not a... Not a zombie just yet, um, and then also do an ECG. Check for signs of right heart failure or atrial fibrillation, and also probably chuck on a BNP as well, just to quantify whether they are can in you heart, see failure. Right heart failure.
2: On it? Oh yeah, you would. Yeah, you know? we. Well, I'm so terrible at ECGs. Right, right ventricular running. enlargement. Yeah, so and true. Stuff. So mm-hmm. true.
0: All right. Um, okay, so just to give you guys all of the findings. On spirometry, he had a 0.6 FEP1 on FVC. The chest X-ray showed hyperinflation, BULA, and a small collection as well at the bottom of the lungs, um, which we missed on examination. Um, The sputum culture was sent away, but we haven't got it back yet. He's also got a fever. His ESR and CRP are up. His ABG, as we expected, was a compensated respiratory acidosis. His SATs are sitting all the way down to 84, so that's not amazing. Um, He was also polycythemic. So, oh yeah, he also had signs of right heart failure on his
2: what ECG. F- this guy's going through the ringer.
0: Yeah. So what do we think has gone on with this guy overall?
1: Everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we can definitely see he most likely got this ac- exacerbation probably from some kind of infection. And I think that because we've got that elevated ESR, um, sorry, ESR and CRP, um, so that's the marker of inflammation. You said that he's also febrile. So that also yeah. suggests infection. And what's we also the, have that... The, oh, sorry. You go um, sorry, we had also the um, crackles in the lungs, was it?
0: Well, the, the chest X-ray finding. Oh, yeah. the chest X-ray
1: yeah. finding, suggesting that we might have some infection and some mucus in the lungs.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, another big thing, you can even really see this from the start of the case, and they've got a change in sputum colour that can be enough to really get you started thinking about an infective exacerbation. Um, so I'll just give a quick note on exacerbations of COPD. Basically, it's just when your COPD becomes worse, it's in the name. Most commonly, you'll get an infective cause, um, so that can either be an infective cause, so that can either be caused by strep pneumonia, hemophilus influenza, or moroccylla Um Get the antibiotics from the guidelines to treat those. Um, there's also other types of exacerbate of triggers for exacerbations as well, including heart failure. Or pollution. So, what are we going to do to treat poor Brian?
2: I think right now you probably get him on some puffers, um, get some bronchodilation in there. But um, what's c- the first line treatment for for long for term? So if he's currently smoking, you should stop smoking.
0: He is currently smoking, then he so definitely. Stop smoking. Stop smoking
2: I think a note on that It's actually really hard to stop smoking Like it's super addictive And it's probably I, I can't remember There's the stats Like 90% of smokers want to quit um, So like it's it's really difficult to quit yeah. um, And and you need to do some intensive sort of uh, Not not just coaching But also um, What do they call it? Uh, motivational in, interviewing Or something like that mm. So um, Don't judge people yeah. for smoking Yeah No one deserves to have COPD, so Mm. just because they're smoking doesn't mean that they deserve to have the disease.
1: Yeah, for sure. And lots of people, like, smoke their whole lives and don't get COPD. It's not the only factor.
0: Yeah. There's always a whole bunch of genetics involved. So in terms of his oxygen, he's sitting at 84. What are we probably going to have to do for this guy?
1: Might need to give him some oxygen, but caution. Um, I'm pretty sure the people with COPD, they've been in this state where they have too much co2 so they're hypercapnic for so long um, that they kind of get a bit desensitized to it and they're more now relying on their hypoxic drive to to breathe so more relying on their oxygen levels so if you give them really high dose oxygen like really high saturation and it bumps up how much oxygen they have suddenly they're detecting oh i have high oxygen now and then their brain is like let's stop breathing
0: Exactly. So, the golden number is 88 to 92. I'll say that again, 88 to 92. That's the SATs you want to aim for um, anymore and you will, again, slow that respiratory rate. Um, Considering this guy is also in an acute exacerbation and it looks like it's infective, he's going to be getting some antibiotics and he's probably also going to be getting some steroids as well to help slow that. Depending on how severe it is, you can also consider BiPAP, um, but unfortunately, most COPD patients are rarely considered for ICU because the process is not reversible. Um, in terms of the long-term um, treatment for this guy, um, Tangy mentioned a bit about those uh, puffers that we're going to be giving. So do you want to take me through that?
2: Yeah. Um, you've got... okay. You've got sabers. you've got LABAS, you've got SARMers, LAMAS, and ICSs, and also a bunch of other stuff. But those are your main ones. So ICS, so. Saba and Laba Those are your short and long acting uh, Beta agonists There you go Got there eventually And then your Sama and your Lama Are your short and long acting Muscarinic antagonists And then your ICS is your inhaled corticosteroids
0: Exactly And um, Gold has a really good guideline For how to do this Basically, if someone has relatively mild COPD, so that's an FEV1 of 60 to 80%, you can just start them on a SABA, um, but you're also going to want to go to either a laba or a LAMA um, just because that helps to relieve that chronic bronchoconstriction that they've got, and it's actually going to be more symptomatic help for them. You can also try adding an ICS when they start getting into that more moderate severe range just to help reduce the severity of exacerbations that they're going to be getting in the future. Um from then on, really, if someone's setting at like below 88 consistently, you're going to want to start thinking about getting them some kind of at home oxygen. Um, but that needs to be done by a specialist. And the last thing that should be considered for all of these patients is actually advanced care directives and palliative care. Um, you know, like we said, it is the third leading cause of death in the entire world. Um, and it's not a nice way to go. So it's really important to involve that palliative care team really early to help, you know, reduce that respiratory drive and make them go comfortably
1: cool well thank you guys for listening so cool <laughs> <laughs>
0: what a happy note to end on um
1: i mean a great uh sorry <laughs> um all right well thank you guys so much for listening and putting up with lachlan's sneezing
2: Well, putting up with the the cat that's giving me these allergies actually maybe it's not the cat i've i've been around cats you know Maybe
0: it's Right, the listeners want to go home now and so do I. <laughs> maybe
2: maybe
0: it's I
1: don't know what it is. Alright. Bye. See ya. Thank you.